When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Misery. That's the nothing personal word of the day. It is Tuesday, September 12th, 2023. And I am speaking on behalf of all Jets fans, and I'm not a Jets fan. Last night, Aaron Rodgers debuted, ran out on the field, 9-11, wearing FDNY and everything to honor 9-11 and the workers, the first responders, runs onto the field holding an American flag. Jets fans have been looking forward to this moment the entire offseason, the excitement of it. Aaron Rodgers takes the field, does not complete a pass, gets sacked, stays down, gets up, goes down, out. You are going to hear all day long. It's going to be on news stations, sports stations, podcasts. It will be an entire day of people talking about Aaron Rodgers, who is most likely out for the season. It's almost hard to imagine how this can be. He didn't complete a pass in the 2023 season because this was game one. Monday night football against the Buffalo Buffs. Everyone's excited and he's done. Achilles tear has not been confirmed, but it will be. You don't come back from that this season. That is assured. But what I want to talk to you about is turf and business decisions. Because this is not unexpected. That's the worst part about the injury to Aaron Rodgers is that MetLife has been a graveyard of injuries because of its surface. There have been complaints about the surface for years and those complaints followed injuries and the list of injuries that have taken place at MetLife. The show is not long enough to go through them all in detail. So why would we? But we can, we could talk about Logan Ryan, injured. Eddie Jackson, out indefinitely. A Packers, Rashawn Gary, injured. Dwayne Smoot, injured. Players coming out, union going public. We don't like the surface, get rid of the surface. So let's go all the way back to the beginning of the public-private financing of the new Meadowlands. The very act that caused Bruce Springsteen to write a song, Wrecking Ball. Put out your wrecking ball. They needed a new stadium and the Jets and Giants agreed that they would share it. Makes sense, two football stadiums in New York, New Jersey, wherever. No, NGTH, one stadium, over a billion and a half dollars it's gonna be a revenue machine. We're gonna sell quadrants. We'll change up 
the end zone paint, but everyone's gonna be happy. We'll alternate, there'll be games every week. There'll be game day workers able to go every week instead of just every other week, like in other cities where only one team shares. It's a perfect plan. The unions will be happy, not the players union, the workers unions, the construction unions will be happy. The decision on whether to go grass versus turf. We had that decisions to make in Miami. We were building a stadium that had a retractable roof. If you build a stadium with a fixed roof, you cannot have grass unless you find a way to roll your playing field out into the parking lot. They do that in Arizona. You just saw a video of them doing that. Where is it, Coca and Real Madrid in Spain? where they roll out the grass. Grass needs lights. We wanted to be on a grass field because I spent a decade with Andre Dawson, the Hall of Famer, who played on turf in Montreal and explained to me that his knees replaced, his entire body broken down, his life as an older adult more difficult. Turf is a nightmare for athletes. Why do stadiums like turf? It's owners who do. Because the upkeep of turf is so much less expensive than the upkeep of grass. At Marlins Park, we agreed to put grass in. We agreed that we would open the roof during the days in order to get light on the grass. Grass is like a plant, it needs light. There were parts of our field that when we did a sun study, we're not gonna get enough sun. So we had to buy special solar lights that we would wheel onto the field to light the grass during the day when the roof was open for areas that did not get sun because of the size of the building and the way the sun is during the course of the summer. Then the upkeep of the grass requires a much larger grounds crew. It requires constant love, care, attention, mowing. All sorts of things are needed in order to upkeep a grass field. In addition, if you've budgeted revenue from other events in your ballpark, having a grass field has a quashing impact on your ability to maximize revenue in your ballpark. Because when you put a stage on grass, no matter whether you put boards down, which you do so people can be on the field, though you've been there if you've been on the field to a concert, those boards kill the grass. Part of the expense of an event in your ballpark when you have a grass field is fixing the grass when it's done or replacing the grass, which takes a long time because the grass has to stick. You can't just lay down like piles of sod. It has to stick in order to make it not slippery and playable. So there has to be a period of time between an event and a game. And if you don't have that period of time, then your surface has a problem and it's not safe. When you have turf, you could have as many events as you want and it never impacts the field. The decision to put turf on your field is a higher upfront cost, but a lower maintenance cost, sort of like solar panels which we could argue whether or not you actually save money over time, but be that as it may, 
Turf is easier to maintain. Your annual operating expenses are lower. You can put the cost of installing turf in the, in the budget of the building, which is shared in a public-private partnership, but the upkeep of your ballpark is always paid by the team. So minimizing the upkeep expense is a priority. Having two teams play in a stadium makes having grass even more costly, more difficult because the field gets beaten up. But the turf at MetLife has been under significant criticism since MetLife opened. So just last November, when Aaron Rodgers said that he loves playing indoors when it's cold, he believes that all stadiums should be grass. There'd be fewer non-contact injuries. That is a sentiment that has been shared by football players for years. All of the PR talking points, we care about helmet construction because we don't want our players to get concussions. We care about the number of times you can practice with full pads. We care about our players. We love our players. We want them to be safe and not sue us. There's never been a rule that players have to play on grass because Roger Goodell and the other owners know that it is too costly. But the Giants and Jets said, we hear you that there's a turf monster in Meadowlands. Put out your wrecking ball. So in March of this year, the owner of the Giants, after spending money to install new turf, said, my hope is one day we get where we can have a grass field that we're able to maintain with two different teams and all the other events we have. I think we can get there at some point. Maybe it's a hybrid product or something. News alert, you could have gotten there at that point. You didn't wanna spend the money. That's number one. Number two, I have evidence of that. Because in 2026, John Mara and the rest of the Giants and Jets and the owners and the people who run MetLife said, oh, we can't play the World Cup on turf? No problem. We're gonna remove the turf and we're gonna put grass down because we want the World Cup. Now, why would they do that? Because the amount of money they make by hosting a World Cup game or two or three or even the finals is more than they make hosting football games. So there is a way to get grass at MetLife, but so costly to keep it. So what they're gonna do in 2026 is put grass down on MetLife, play the World Cup, then remove the grass, put the turf back and say, have fun football players. The NFL Players Association is weighing in on this issue. They are backing up their players saying that it's clear change must happen to the MetLife surface. They were pleased with the change in turf this past off season, away from slit turf to a more grass-like turf. That's what the salespeople always say. We had turf people come in selling to us and they would say, hey, this turf, this is, has all the qualities of grass. It feels like grass, but it's not grass. And I remember thinking to myself, well, you can't smoke turf, can you? And that's true.
There is no replacement for grass other than grass. It's not like a vape. So what's gonna happen now? Let's start with the New York Jets. Couple of things happen as a result of this injury. Number one, there will be talk of them going out to acquire a number one quarterback. Because when you've got the defense they have, when you have the aspirations they have, when you've got the number of primetime games they have, you don't necessarily want Zach Wilson. But what you don't, as your quarterback, but what you don't do is go into the market right now looking for a quarterback who plays for another team. You don't go to the worst team and say, hey, can I have your quarterback? Even though the Rams beat the Seahawks, maybe they'll go after Stafford. The reason why you don't make a trade right now is that other teams are going to win that trade because they know you are desperate. So the Jets will not be out in front of this story saying, yes, we are not in favor of Zach Wilson being our quarterback. They're gonna do the opposite. They're gonna say, we believe in Zach Wilson. He's our number one quarterback. We believe that we put together this team to withstand an injury like this to Aaron Rodgers. And we are very confident, including the fact that we beat the Bills last night in overtime, that we will have a productive season where we can end up in the Super Bowl in Vegas in February. But deep inside the bowels of their offices and right inside their duodenums, they know very well that Zach Wilson is not gonna lead them to a Super Bowl. It's a matter of when, not if they figure out what to do. Because an Aaron Rodgers Achilles injury, which will be announced likely today, means he's out for the year. And at his age, no matter the number of darkness retreats, no matter the amount of alphansecas that he does, it's definitely not that. What's the thing called that he, uh, coca that he smokes and does? The uh, euthanaka, whatever it's called. I don't care how much you have, you are not going to come back easily from an Achilles tear. Ayahuasca, ayahuasca. Thank you, Coca. So the Jets are in a position where they have to figure out what they're gonna do. The NFL is in a position where they're gonna work with the networks to figure out what they're gonna do and how quickly the Jets will be flexed out of prime time when possible. Aaron Rodgers is in a position to figure out what he's gonna do about rehab because he's got to rehab, he's got to come back, even though he knows he may not be able to come back because he will can't walk away from his contracts. He's not gonna Strasburg, he's not gonna retire and give up money. Aaron Rodgers, the hope, the dream, the misery, that'll do it. How did we do with our pick yesterday, by the way? That was really fantastic. Bills minus two over Jets was a loss. Anyone who bet the Jets minus 30 to make the playoffs when the season started, I doubt it. Anyone who went over nine and a half wins when the season started for the Jets, sorry. Anyone who bet the special promotional bet that Aaron Rodgers would get over a half a yard passing in yesterday's game. If there's ever been a bet that you felt better about, a promotional bet of Aaron Rodgers over a half yard, OMG, the under hit. It was the only scenario that the under hit. 
but luckily we gave you a pick yesterday that helped you. We told you to take the Mariners over the Angels, and I'm so cold that you likely took the Angels over the Mariners. You're welcome. We are 124 and 127. Terrible. We've got the Blue Jays over the Rangers because I refuse to ever be on Scherzer's side again. Ryu is pitching for the Blue Jays. The Blue Jays, if you've not been paying attention, have one of the best starters ERAs since the All-Star break, I believe. And they're going against Scherzer and the Rangers in Toronto, and we're taking the Blue Jays. Yesterday, we had a show. I'm switching gears. I didn't know how to transition that. I guess we could have breathed. All right, I'm going to do what Coca has cautioned me and told me. This would be a good transaction. Transition, just take a breath. <sighs> Yesterday's show, I was annoyed, not at the quality of the show. I thought yesterday's show was good if you haven't listened to it. And I appreciate all of you who did, including all the new people who listened for the first time yesterday. Thank you for coming back a second day. Yes, we get numbers on that too. I was annoyed that I had to talk about Mel Tucker, I was angry about domestic violence and sexual assault and physical abuse. And I said, from this glove chair into this one camera with no studio audience, at least none that are looking at me live. I mean, we are live, nothing personal with David Sampson, but you're not in my room, in my studio. I said, can we just Go one day, one day, and we couldn't. Yesterday, Kevin Porter Jr. got arrested and charged two, not one, two. Assault and strangulation in New York. Came home at 6.45 a.m. and assaulted his girlfriend, a former WNBA player. This is the Kevin Porter Jr. for the Houston Rockets, who when the Houston Rockets signed him to a four-year deal, only the first year was guaranteed because he was such a red flag player for a history of problems off the court. Kevin Porter Jr. could not keep his hands off his girlfriend a laceration to her right side, strangulation, pain in her neck. She was struck multiple times, attempted to be strangled, and he was arrested and his girlfriend was sent to the hospital. The best the Rockies could come up with is what every team does. We're in the process of gathering information surrounding the matter involving Kevin Porter Jr. And we have no further comment at this time. The NBA with a great statement. The league office is in contact with the Houston Rockets and in the process of, you guessed it, gathering more information. I got an idea. Here's the information that I'd like you to gather. I called him the Houston Rockies, Coca. It's the Houston Rockets, of course. Here's the information that I'd like you to gather. How about the one strike rule? Forget three strikes and you're out. How about the one strike rule? 
Why wouldn't the union agree? Do you think that there are people in the union who are okay with domestic violence and physical assault and sexual assault? Forget three strikes and you're out. I've got a better way. I don't need to gather information. I don't need to wait and see. How about if you are arrested and then convicted or there is a preponderance of the evidence or even maybe we can raise it to a reasonable doubt, beyond a reasonable doubt, that a player has in any way struck a female, in any way sexually assaulted a female, how about you're just done? Now, you can say owners don't have the right to do that. You're right. But owners in the union have a right to agree to that. I want to know right now why the union won't agree to that. Why would the union want to ever protect a player who has a history, who has ever committed a sexual assault? And if you want to say people deserve a second chance, you do deserve a second chance, but not with this job. You do deserve a second chance, but not with this league. When is it enough? We can talk about injuries sustained on the field all we want. Turf versus grass how we can do avoid injuries, when there's self-inflicted problems that teams have in the clubhouse, et cetera, et cetera. This is totally different. You wanna do a deterrent? You kick people out of your league. Kevin Porter Jr. will not play for the Houston Rockets again. There will be an investigation the Rockets, under the current rules with the union, they can't do any punishment, any suspension, any anything. Adam Silver has the ability to do what Rob Manford has the ability to do and has done with players like Urias of the Dodgers, like Bauer of the Dodgers. He can be put on administrative leave. That's when you get paid. You're out for a reasonable period of time. And it's only after that, that a more serious punishment can happen. And I understand for all of the people who think this is such a management standpoint, I get it. The union is scared of any rule that gives any team the ability to say that a player's done something and terminate a contract. And really what they're saying is this player stinks. We want to get rid of them. If I had the ability to terminate a guaranteed contract every time a player stunk, believe me, I would have loved it. It's a nightmare when a player's bad after you sign him to a long-term deal. When a player does steroids, there is an appeals process, there is evidentiary hearings, and then they're suspended. There's no discussion. And the union agreed to that because the union and its members said, we don't like when players do steroids because it makes us feel like we have to do steroids to keep up and we don't wanna to have to do steroids. You're telling me that I can't get unanimity with the players union to say that any finding of sexual assault or domestic violence means you're done or means an automatic 8160 and then lifetime ban. And even that's not strong enough because I wanna go lifetime ban to start with. Tell me which players want to fight for the right to abuse and assault. Stand up, tell me. 
I want one person who's pro-union to stand up and tell me that these are the rights that we want to fight for. I want you to fight for the right to make as much money as you can. I want you to fight for the right to get comfort and to get all the things that employees deserve for performing a function that other people can't perform. But I want you to tell me right now why you would ever excuse that type of behavior toward women. The Dodgers are up in arms. They're done with Urias. They got back from their road trip. Remember Urias was arrested after the messy game in Los Angeles and they did not put him on the plane. He did not go to the, on the road trip. The Dodgers got home, they looked around and he's gone. He was Schwarzenegger, completely erased. Locker, gone. Murals in the ballpark, covered up. Merchandise in the store, removed. Normally, teams won't comment on that. Dave Roberts, the manager of the Los Angeles Dodgers, was asked whether the actions taken by the team were an indication that they were done with Urias. Normally, what you would tell your manager to say is, I really am not talking about it. We're gonna stand by the statement we made at the time, which was, we'll have no further comment as we gather information. Instead, Dave Roberts said, I think so. I think that's kind of where we're at right now. Good for him. Urias is a pending free agent, and I told you that Urias will not be back this year. There will not be another talk about Wander Franco or Julio Urias for the rest of this season. Urias will not be signed by anyone in free agency. He's finished, not by rule, not by collusion, but by reason of no owner willing to sign a player like that. All right, we come back, we're gonna review a movie, a documentary that I watched, and then we're gonna talk about a new rule that was just announced. Load management, baby. You wanna buy a ticket to an NBA game and you get despondent when the best players don't play? You don't think about that in baseball. You're not guaranteed that judge or any slugger will play on a particular day and you know that going in. But when you go and you have three stars that don't play, you get upset, don't you? Well, the NBA cares about you, the fan. Not. We'll tell you why when we come back. This podcast is sponsored by Ramp. Are you the decision maker in your company? Consider this. For the first time in decades, there's a better option for a corporate card and spend management platform. Meet Ramp, the only corporate card and spend management system designed to help you spend less money so you can make more. Most corporate credit cards offer points as incentives, but those points amount to less than their worth in real cash value. Ramp's business cards offer you cash back, real money in your pocket. Plus, you control who spends what with each vendor. And Ramp's software collects and verifies receipts automatically, which means you'll stop wasteful spending and close your books in hours instead of days. Businesses that use Ramp add up to 5% to their bottom line the first year. If you're a decision maker, adding Ramp could be one of the best decisions you've ever made. And now get $250 when you join Ramp for free. Just go to ramp.com slash easy. Ramp.com slash easy. R-A-M-P.com slash easy. Currents issued by Sutton Bank and Celtic Bank members of DIC terms and conditions apply. 
the NBA changed its rules. They've been worried about load management for quite a while. Welcome back to Nothing Personal. It's David Sampson and Matthew Coca, and we're talking about the NBA right now. Thank you for downloading and subscribing and visiting our website, davidsampsonpodcast.com. Thank you for all the support and all the horse hockey t-shirts that you've taken. I want to see more pictures because there's about 30% of the people who have gotten horse hockey shirts have not sent me photos wearing the horse hockey shirts. So when you get it, I want to see the photos. It's amazing. Load management is a topic that we've talked about many, many times on this show. The NBA is not happy with the fact that over the course of 82 games, you've got players who are not playing in the NBA said, we've got the solution. You can't win the MVP or any postseason awards or be on an all NBA team if you don't play 65 games. So players get out there and play 65. Players looked at that and said, okay, not. They don't care. Now, some players who are signed to certain max deals that have certain escalators, if they're named to certain postseason all NBA teams, yes, I'm talking to you, John Morant, they would try to be out there and play 65 as much as they possibly can, maybe. But the NBA, with that rule change to the 65 game minimum, realized that it was not having the desired effect that they wanted, so they needed to double down. So the NBA Competition Committee is recommending a new set of stricter guidelines that is gonna be voted on today, or Wednesday, excuse me, tomorrow by the League's Board of Governors. And believe me, the Board of Governors will approve this. But listen to this. Under new rules, teams are going to be fined $100,000 if they violate the new guideline on resting players. If they have a second violation, it's $250,000. If they violate it a third time, it's a million bucks. Do you know what the owners are saying to themselves? Mark Cuban, James Dolan. The general manager goes into the office and says, hey, President Sampson, or owner, Dolan, we really got to rest Randall. We're right now in position where we're going to have a deep run into June and we just don't want to play him on back to back. We don't want to play him. He's on this particular day. And the owner is going to say, well, that's going to cost me a hundred grand. And the president and the GM would say, do you know how much more money we make by hosting playoff games and winning a world championship? And the owner is going to say, you're right, no problem. And then it's going to happen again. And the owner is going to say, you really want me to lose 250 grand? And then they're gonna say 250 grand, yeah, because we gotta arrest this guy. And the owner's gonna say, you're right. And then they're gonna come back again and say, hey, we gotta arrest this guy. It's gonna be a million dollar hairs. And then the owner's gonna say for a million bucks, can't we say he's got some sort of back injury, some sort of knee problem? Well, we've always tried that, but then there's investigations that are done by the league that find out that in fact, when private investigators follow them, that they're out partnering part ugh, 4869. Investigators following the players will find out that they're out partying till four in the morning, dancing like it's 1999. This new rule is an issue. And it only applies 
to the stars. You can rest the schleppers, but not the stars. Who are the stars? If you've made an all-star team in the last three years, you're a star. They certainly can't have that rule in baseball, can they? If you've made an all-NBA team in the last three years, you're a star. So if you're lucky enough to be on any of those teams, all-star team or all-NBA team, you are classified as a snitch with a star upon theirs, and you can't rest. Can't wait. I can't wait for this rule to be passed Wednesday. I can't wait to see how teams do workarounds when it gets to the million dollars, because at 100 grand, 250 grand, they're not gonna even do a workaround. I can't wait for the NBA to realize, wow, this didn't work. But here's the best part about the rule change. They don't care whether it works. The NBA is doing this because they're about to negotiate new TV deals. And they need to go into those negotiations and say, we want our rate tripled, but we're gonna make sure that you don't ever have to call us to complain that the best players are not playing on nationally televised games because we passed a rule where we can really find the owners. Do you think the TV network executives, hey, Skipper, quick question. Are you there? Can I call you? Hey, when you're negotiating with the leagues, do you really think that this new rule will make you bid another bill or two? G-M-A-B. But that for sure is what the NBA had in mind when they're coming up with these stricter rules about load management. It's because of where they are in their broadcast rights deal cycle. Watched a movie yesterday. It was a two-parter on Max. So documentary. I'm not exactly sure why I watched it. It's called Kim versus Kanye, The Divorce. First episode from Kanye's point of view. Second episode from Kim's point of view. Now I grant you that I may be more prone to read about and watch things about divorce because of my childhood and my adulthood. I grant you that I may be interested in watching because I'm curious, did I do it right? Did I do it wrong? Was it done right? Was it done wrong? What could I do better? The Kim versus Kanye documentary, I'm watching it thinking, those poor kids. They have four kids and having parents named Kim Kardashian and Kanye West, you're pretty much in trouble to start with. The documentary goes through what happened to Kanye West and Kim Kardashian, the start of their relationship, the end of their relationship, and I felt dirty watching it, but I couldn't stop. Maybe how many of you feel watching the Kardashians? The fact that the Kardashians in this documentary are referred to as our version of the British royal family. That is a Jeff Daniels, Aaron Sorkin newsroom-like embarrassment. If that's who we are putting out as our royal family. Now, they may be the richest family. They may be the highest curating family. They may be the most famous for being famous. But royal? More like royal flush. So I don't want you to watch this documentary because I don't want Max to get good numbers. Now, 
I love Max. I want you to watch Max. They have amazing content. Amazing. They're rebranding, which everyone scoffed at. How could you change it from HBO Max to Max and everyone's despondent? Guess what? Everyone's used to it. Everyone's fine. They're starting the sports tier. They're doing everything where, I mean, how? hello, nothing personal on Max. Now that would make a whole lot of sense, wouldn't it? But the reason why I don't want you to watch this is not because I want Max to lose money on it, which I don't. I don't want to in any way promote the life that is Kanye West and Kim Kardashian. The train wreck that is Kanye West and Kim Kardashian. There are kids involved. Can we try not to forget when there are innocent kids involved? All right, Coca. Oh, this is a good one. Uh, can you play some music, please? You know what I want? <laughs> I want to talk to Samson. So you want to talk to Samson. That is from the movie Half-Baked. For those of you new to the show, go watch that movie with Dave Chappelle. There's a character in the movie named Samson, and people always want to talk to Samson. So if you want to talk to me, you can get into Twitter at David P. Sampson. If you don't like to be on X anymore, then go to davidsampsonpodcast.com and you can send me emails through there that I see. I respond to some, I put some into the show, but that's the segment. So you wanna talk to Sampson. Dear David, do player comments actually impact decisions by MLB? Thanks for doing the show every day. And I am talking about robot umps in case you are sleeping. I wanna thank whoever wrote that question because you get the show. You get the fact that I don't sleep a lot, though last night was my best night's sleep in forever. All you have to do is do a 24 hour training cycle and you'll sleep the next night. So let me explain what he's talking about. Or, or she, I actually don't have the name here, so I don't remember. Or they. Pittsburgh Pirates have a player named Cabrian Hayes. And there was a game a couple days ago where there was a call by the home plate umpire that was less than exemplary. We've seen that a lot this season. There have been all sorts of articles and videos showing how bad umpires are. First of all, side note, Coca, umpires are not worse at calling balls and strikes today than they were 10 years ago. They're the same number of missed calls. The only difference is there's way more ways to analyze the strike zone now and to figure out whether or not, it's like saying in tennis, there's no more line judge mistakes. That's true, there's no more line judges because everything is now on sensors. If you watch the US Open or any tennis tournament, you see that. Remember one person, this makes me old, when there'd be someone holding on to the net, touching it ever so slightly to see whether or not the serve was a let, where you get another serve if it still goes in or it's a fault if it hits the net and doesn't go in. And then that umpire would sit back for the rest of the point and hurt his neck going left, right, left, right, left, right. Yeah, those people are gone. I don't hear a lot of people complaining about that lack of job. 
We're losing jobs to technology. Anyway, so all the analysis of the umpires, with the exception of Angel Hernandez and Laz Diaz, I would say that umpires have good days and bad days. They have consistent days, they have inconsistent days. There are, is a human aspect where they want to catch a plane or they want to be done or they're tired or they're hot or they're grumpy or they've got off the field issues. And I'm not impugning the ability of umpires to be fair and impartial because frankly, they'll screw any team. It doesn't really matter. We're not talking about that uh, NBA referee. But the question of robot umps, it's never been, MLB is not trying to replace human beings with nobody behind the plate. What is being discussed is a system of challenges to balls and strikes that can be quickly, very quickly, instantaneously upheld or denied because the technology that you need is the tennis technology where it's instantaneous. The ball was in or out. The ball's either a strike or not. There is a defined strike zone in the collective bar in the rule book, what the strike zone is. And either balls are, are either pitches or balls or strikes. The research that's being done, the testing that's being done, ABS, automatic ball strike calls, that is the extreme where there is a machine that after every pitch, ball one, strike two, ball three. What is more realistic is some sort of situation where a team has X number of challenges and the more you get right, the more you can keep going because I don't want a system where you only have two challenges, right or wrong, and then you're done with it. I believe that if you're right and you challenge, then you get to be right again or you get the chance to be wrong. So Cabrian Hayes has been pleading with Major League Baseball. And a couple days ago, he said, please, we must institute the automatic ball strike system. He said that, quote, some umpires really don't care. 3-1 call, not even close. I hold him accountable. It's a good umpire he's talking about. I hold him accountable after the game, walking off the field. And his response is, and he did the shrug emoji. I gave you a chance to hit a home run. Umpires communicating with players during and after games, it's not my favorite thing in the world to do because umpires and players, and this is a general rule, not every umpire falls into this category, but there are umpires, it's their job. They come, they ump, they wanna be done, they leave, and that's it. They're thrilled with the new pace of game, I'll tell you that. But there is not one umpire who is purposefully getting a call wrong. There is an umpire and there are umpires who look and they say, all right, that's close, I'm calling it a strike, or that's close, I'm not calling it a strike because of a certain player or a certain way the game is going. That is the human part of having somebody call balls and strikes. It creeps in even if you don't think it should or don't want it to. But that's not the general talent and acumen of umpires. So Cabrian Hayes makes these comments and they make it to the commissioner's office. The commissioner sees it, his deputy sees it, the people in the labor department, the people in the on-field rules, the on-field operations, they all see it. And you wanna know 
is whether or not it actually will impact what MLB does. And the answer is absolutely not. There is not a time when I was sitting in the commissioner's office or running a team for as long as I did, where we would listen and hear what a player said and say, oh, all right, we're gonna change the entire sport. There are smaller instances where you do. Giancarlo Stanton wants the fences moved down, moved in in Marlins Park. I wanna make Giancarlo happy. I'm annoyed to do it, but I'm willing to talk about it and then do it. But a league-wide initiative when Cabrian Hayes or anyone else is pissed off and angry about a ball strike call, absolutely not. It's the same impact of a Bernie Sanders letter about the antitrust exemption getting on the commissioner's desk and him looking at it, smiling at it and putting it to the side. It's the same impact as an individual owner calling up the league and saying, you guys aren't fair. We got totally screwed in this situation or that situation. The commissioner's office, their whole job is based on the whole. They're responsible for 30 teams. They're responsible for the league, the franchises. If they spend too much time focused on what one player or what one team owner or one team president or one team GM wants, thinks, says, or does, they will not be able to keep their jobs. So they listen, they accept what Cabrian Hayes says, but they certainly don't act on it. Just think about in football, what we did at the start of this show when we told you that players have been angry about the MetLife turf forever. We want grass. We want better turf. It took until this year for the better turf, which it turns out is not even better. The ability to avoid injury still doesn't exist. And that is with great players and now a Hall of Fame star of star player missing a full year because of turf. Now are they gonna act? You think MetLife is gonna say, that's it. This has been the injury to change the way we look at our field. We're going grass, baby. No chance toilet pants. Unless of course, it's soccer involved. We'll be back tomorrow because it's just business. This is nothing personal. Everyone is talking about magnesium. It's all you hear about, but why? What do we know about magnesium? Well, magnesium is the number one mineral that 75% of Americans are deficient in. If you are a woman over 35, magnesium will help you rediscover balance, energy, and vitality. Magnesium supports more than 300 enzymatic reactions in your body, including those involved in hormonal balance. From functional medicine doctors to mental well-being and female hormone experts, we all know that magnesium is the one mineral to improve all aspects of well-being and health. But which one? Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers. The trusted choice recommended by leading experts with seven best-absorbed forms of magnesium to ensure your body receives the support it needs for overall well-being. Go to bioptimizers.com slash balance today and use code BALANCE10 for 10% off. 
Support your journey to wellness at B-I-O-P-T-I-M-I-Z-E-R-S dot com forward slash balance. Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers, your foundation to optimal health and vitality.